You can find your place in Haggai. I'm going to do a bit of a review while you all settle in. That way we can get into the text this morning and deal with this title of Lord of Hosts. And so the truth that I have for us this morning that I pray carries you throughout this day and resonates with you is this. I long for you to recognize and to submit to God's sovereign authority, meaning that he has control over all things and that we can continue to trust him in any circumstance you or I will face today, tomorrow, or in the coming year. I long for us to respond with reverence and worship. You've already done that in song. Praise God for that, right? Wow, amazing. But that it would carry us through this week, that we would continue to respond with reverence and worship in the way that we live our lives. keyed in quite a bit on resetting priorities. Last night we looked at a realignment of our purposes and just briefly at a renewed worship. And so today I want to continue that theme of renewing a heart of worship. I shared with you this truth that I went back to last night and I thought it was fitting to share again this morning because I know that when I have wrong priorities and I have a wrong purpose, I worship the wrong things. Those little idols in my life creep up and they become big idols, and then I need God to reset my heart, my life, my ways, so that I'm on course with him, and I think you all can probably relate with that. I shared with you that God will get your attention. We looked first at some mountaintop experiences, so to speak, from the texts of Scripture, and we looked at other things even in our lives, how God works and gets our attention. Last night, we talked just briefly about how struggles, trials, suffering, circumstances, difficulties, God will also use those things to get your attention. So really quietly and very calmly, just once again, nudge your neighbor and say, are you alert and aware? Are you alert and aware? And then I would want you to ask them a question. Would you allow God to work in your life this morning? Would you allow God to work in your life this morning? Ask somebody that. My hope and my prayer has been that we've continually allowed the Word of God and the Spirit of God to help us look inward, to reset our purpose and our priorities, to have a brief glance outward, the work and the world around us, because God uses all of those things once again to get our attention. And then this morning, I want to land here to gaze fully upon the Lord of hosts. So if you're in Haggai chapter 1, would you locate verse 5 again? I'm going to read verse 5. I'm going to read verse 7. Then I'm going to skip to that phrase, uh, the scripture in verse 14, and then really key in on passages chapter 2, 4 through 9. Haggai chapter 1, 
beginning verse five. Now therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Fast forward to verse seven. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Again, verse 14. So the Lord stirred the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. On the 24th day, the sixth month, in the second year of King Darius. Now skip down to verse four with me. Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when I came when you, with you when you came out of Egypt, so that my spirit remains among you, do not fear. Let's pause right there this morning. Because I want to define this title, Lord of Hosts. I want to direct your attention to a few scriptures that use this phrase and hopefully draw your heart to worship again and again the Lord of Hosts. We've been learning all weekend that we should set our feet on course with God, that we must fix our eyes to stay on course. But teens, above all else, our hearts, the seat of our will, our emotions, our volition, that our hearts and our lives would be surrendered to the Lord of hosts in true worship of him. Those sections of scripture that we read talk about that title and that phrase, the Lord of hosts. Let me define it for you. The Lord of hosts is God's sovereign authority and power. This definition of the term Lord of hosts is used 240 different times throughout the scriptures. 240. Depending on what translation you read and how that title is phrased, some have it 260 times. The reason I set that before you is because every time that it is referenced in that way, God is referenced in that way, it is to describe God as the supreme ruler, commander in chief, the highest authority of all angelic armies and heavenly forces. I think I need to catch up on my slides. There we go. This phrase serves as a constant reminder, or maybe it's a new truth to you today, that God has control over all things. It emphasizes his divine authority, his power, his leadership over all creation. We read Philippians 2, that every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is. Is Lord. 
You and I have to recognize that truth and then we must submit to his authority and we should do that now sooner than later. Somebody say amen. You guys are attentive. I love it. He is the supreme ruler over heaven and earth, all powers, all dominions, all kings, all kingdoms, all silver, all gold. The scriptures say cattle on a thousand hills, the wind, the waves obey Jesus Christ, the Lord. Sickness, healing, life and death, we sang about that, are all under the control of the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and in the context of our text today, the Lord of hosts, who is Lord over all. Lord, I have to respond with reverence, a fear of him because he is holy, but also this aspect where I behold him because I cherish him, I treasure him, I love him because he first loved me. All of those aspects cause me to long to live a life that is honoring and pleasing to him. And so from the context of my study, and I want to set this before you this morning, that it's reminded me that the Lord of hosts must be the priority in everything, in my work, in my world, and specifically in my heart of worship. Is the Lord of hosts the priority for you in every single area of life? And it starts right here. So this title, Lord of Hosts, got me thinking. When something comes up in my life and I turn to God in prayer, it would probably be good for me to be mindful that I'm offering up this prayer request to the Lord of Hosts. I know that God is sovereign over all. When I Take a prayer to him, which is a part of my worship and yours. Then I am trusting that he has authority. He has the power. He has the control over everything. He has the power and control over the angelic armies, the heavenly forces, the heavens, the earth, all of its creation, all of its creatures. And that is the God I worship. That's the God I pray to. That's the God I seek refuge in. He is the Lord of hosts. And then I just thought very practically, when I'm stressed out, raise your hand. You've been stressed out this week? Boy, I have. Do I look for relief here in this world or do I take that stress, those struggles, those circumstances that burden my shoulders, my heart and my soul, and do I lift them up to the Lord of hosts? Because he's really the only one that can change anything. I find relief and rest and trusting in him. Though those troubles and those circumstances and those trials and those situations may not go away, I can rest and trust in him. Who needed to hear that today? I pray you did. When I have a struggle, whether it's a trial or a temptation, do I try to struggle through it in my own accord? Or do I have faith in the Lord of hosts who is in, con in control and in charge of everything? When there's spiritual battles in your life and in mine, 
Do I call out to him and trust in the Lord of hosts who the scriptures clearly say conquered all of his enemies? I guess I set that before you because my hope and prayer is when you read through the scriptures, when you sing a song, when you pray, when you hear a message, a sermon, a devotion, maybe your ears will be attentive to that title, Lord of hosts. Because as I read it in Haggai and have studied it, I have seen it all throughout the Psalms. I've seen it throughout the scriptures in different areas. And so I would want you to be attentive to that today. I gotta catch back up, sorry. Preaching, divine authority, power. Yep, you got that. Recognize, submit to his sovereign authority. We're good there. Respond with worship and reverence. Yep, we can do that. I wanna give you two examples from scripture. Turn to your neighbor again and say, First Samuel 17. All right, go find it now. Make sure I got the right verses up there. Most of you are going to be a familiar story, something I've read 100,000 times. Locate verse 45. We're not going to spend a bunch of time here. I just have one highlight from it because I'm hoping that most of you are familiar with this. I want you to be listening for the phrase, Lord of hosts. Then David said to the Philistine, this is verse 45 of 1 Samuel 17. Then David said to the Philistine, you come with, come to me with sword, with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of who? The Lord of hosts, the God who of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. This day the Lord, Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and I will take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now I pause there and I like to take this and make it personal, not to take it out of context, but to put some personal application there. And for me, when I read this text, do people in my life know that there is a God? Do they know that I long to love and live and worship and serve the one true God? Now, there are certain places and times where I am not good at that. I've told you before, I utterly fail on a daily basis. But my desire is that people would see and hear and fear and put their trust in the Lord. That's why Psalm 40 is my life verse. Because then verse 47 says this, then this assembly, in the context here that all the people would see it, and even in for us today, that they shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. Teen, no matter what temptation, trial, battle you are facing, I know you can turn that to the Lord of hosts and trust in him. If he can do all of the things he did for David, he can do it in your life and in mine. Here's what I want you to be thinking about. If you know David and his story well, it's highs and lows, hills and valleys. It's being sold out for God and then stepping right into sinful situations. And so this is what I have come up with from David's life 
And I just want you to think about it. When David submits to God, he can do no wrong, right? When the spirit of God is leaving, leading David and he's following in the footsteps and his heart is truly the one that is one after God, he can do no wrong. Now, you know he's a man and he does wrong, but I'm just using that to get your attention. But when David forsakes and forgets, all he does is wrong, right? You guys know David's story. Nod your head. You know David's story? All right, good. I think that can connect then with you or me. That when I am submitted to the Holy Spirit of God who indwells me as a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, I am led by the Spirit. I display the fruit of the Spirit. I walk in step with the Spirit, Paul says. But when I don't, when I forget and I forsake and I chase the things after this deceitful heart of mine, then all I do and say is wrong. The next example I want you to see is Isaiah I think they were, these were two fairly familiar passages. If they're not familiar to you, go back and familiarize yourself with them. Isaiah chapter 6, turn to your neighbor, say Isaiah chapter 6. All right, go find it. You can tell them, go find it, it's okay. Preacher told you to. Should have brought my glasses when I'm tired, I can't see, and it's bright up here, but that's okay, I'll figure out what it says here. Isaiah chapter 6, we're going to be in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe was filled and the train of his robe filled the temple. Pause there. This isn't in the text. This is just Pastor Matt thinking, behold him. Behold our God. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two wings covered his face. With two wings he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, who? The Lord of hosts. Wow. Thank you, Haggai. Thank you, Isaiah. Praise you, Lord, for revealing that title throughout the Scriptures in physical battles, in a glimpse of God's glory as he's seated on the throne high and lifted up and the angels declare to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. You see, when Isaiah, Isaiah, I don't know who that is, but I know who Isaiah is. When Isaiah sees the king the Lord of hosts, 
he is undone and unclean. But the Lord, the Lord of hosts, purifies him and puts him back together. There are points and times in my life where I am undone because of my sin. It just tears me apart. There are points and times where other people's sin just burdens me. Whether they've sinned against me or someone else, it just tears me apart. And there are points and times when I look out into this world and its wickedness and it just tears me apart. And I come to a passage such as this but I'm, and I'm reminded, but my God is a holy, holy God and the whole earth is full of his glory. And yes, woe is me and us because we are undone. We are an unclean people. But God, through his son, Jesus Christ, the Lord, bestows upon us holiness, righteousness, because he is the holy, righteous son of God. All who have faith and trust in him, there is a promise there for you and me, that he puts us back together by faith and trust in him. I long for you to continue to consider your ways. Consider your ways, says Haggai, says the Lord of hosts. You and I have considered this all weekend, so now what? I would just simply ask you, how has God got your attention? See, I told you I was bad at English. This weekend. Write something down. Think about it. Put it in your heart. Let it settle there. And then how will you respond to whatever God has shown you through his word, whatever the spirit has worked in your heart and your life to reveal to you. Maybe there's an area that you need reset. Maybe there's a place in your life where you know you've gone the wrong way. Maybe it's a good thing with right purposes, but those purposes have swayed and they've become ones that are misplaced priorities and a misplaced purpose. Maybe you simply just needed to be here to have your worship renewed. And our brief time in this study of the Lord of hosts would renew that in your mind, in your heart, and in your soul. Because I know that when I am obedient to God's word and I am reverent to him, I am then aware of his presence. I think that slides up here. Let's see if it'll go for me. Ha, there we go. When you and I are obedient to the word of God that we know and we're, we reverence him, we fear him, yet at the same time we know that he is approachable, that will renew your awareness of God's presence in your daily life as he is trying to get your attention, as he's calling you to consider your ways. And so that is my prayer for each and every one of us as we leave this place this weekend.
Would you recognize and submit to the Lord of hosts? Would you respond with worship wherever God leads you? Because I want you to be reminded that worship goes farther, farther than a song further. That would be the better word this morning, further than any song we sing. Songs are great, right? We're going to sing a song. And it's going to be powerful and amazing. Causes my heart to exalt the one true God. And I pray it does you. Prayer is a wonderful, powerful, amazing part of our worship. Yeah? It is. Scripture reading for me is amazing because this is the only truth that is always faithful. It's always true. I can always go back to. And so that's why I am so passionate and excited about the word of God is because that's how my soul was saved. Obviously, God the Father's drawing. The spirit is working. But it was me being in God's word and God's word working in my heart, in my life, as God the Father is working, as the Son of God saved my soul, and as the Spirit was at work, I understood that this is the truth that my life has to live for for the rest of my days. I want us to look at one last passage before we sing our closing song. And so, one last time, turn to your neighbor and say, find Revelation 19. And then tell them, you might want to locate verse 11. And don't tell them this, but just think about it. If you're that obedient to the preacher's voice, be obedient to God's voice. <laughs> don't tell them that. Just think about it. <laughs> Willie, are you guys going to come up and lead a song for us? Okay. I'm going to read this section of scripture, and it's only going to be like a couple of minutes. So, Because I just really want this to be our closing thought from the truth of God's word, and then you're gonna, you see those three things up on the screen. They'll just be up there for a little while. Revelation 19, 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had the name written that no one except himself knew. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. That's powerful stuff right there. Here's the truth for us. Though it does not use the phrase Lord of hosts, it's packed in here. Listen to verse 14. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress 
of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Key in on this final phrase and recognize the sovereignty, the supreme authority, and make a decision today that you will live for, you will serve by the grace of God and by the power of God, this person, this one, this who is the one true God. Verse 16, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Youth, counselors, staff, Anybody that's here this morning to hear the word of God, that is the God, the Lord of hosts, who we pray to, who we worship, who we sing to, and who I hope you live for this week, this year, and that carries you through a lifetime. Would you fix your eyes on the Lord? Would you commit to walk with him daily? And would you be sold out for him? Worship him completely. Willie, will you pray for us and then transition into the song or whatever you have next for us?